Welcome to Legalese on Me, where we make the complicated legal things simple and easy to understand. Because what we can't have is you confused about what you're supposed to do. You got to know your rights so that you can walk in your power. I'm Malia, your host, and today we're going to talk about the creator's economy. We've heard so much about it, but I still feel like a lot of people don't really understand it. So let's talk about it. A hundred billion dollars. That's what they say the creator's economy is in 2023 with over 200,000 full-time content creators. That's a lot. I mean, think about that. Over 200,000 full-time content creators making enough money through social media platforms to live on. That's phenomenal. What's not so great is the disparities within the creator's economy. That's also what I want to talk about. Obviously, I'm a black woman. So this is especially important to me to really dig in and understand how everyone can participate, engage, and benefit from this $100 billion industry that is just really getting started. So let's talk about it. The creator economy, by definition, is an ecosystem, which means there's not just one way to do it. There's not just one place, one platform. And we know that um, just because of the variety of social media platforms um, that we um, engage with every day. But also um, in terms of the types of content creation and the, the ways that content is can be monetized through social media, there's so much variety even there. So why is it that only 35% of this $100 billion industry is being occupied by black and brown people? It's curious. I don't know. I mean, it's just interesting. So we know we're creating, we're sharing and monetizing content through digital platforms. We have YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. And then we have all of the tools that folks use to further democratize digital media in this creator's economy. Things like Canva, ChatGPT. Now, let me just put a pin right here. The efficiency that creators gain by the use of these tools is not only life-changing with respect to being able to produce and create content, which gives you leverage with respect to how quickly you can strike deals with brands and how efficient you can be in um, meeting deadlines and meeting expectations. And not, and not only that, from a timing perspective, but just how much more uh, professional content creators can be in their creative processes. I mean, ChatGPT, Canva, Adobe, Creative Suite, you know, all of these tools, and there's so many more, I'm just naming a few, and I know, you know, different creators like to use different tools, but that is really where I'm seeing a huge groundswell of development, even from a software perspective. 
when I look at um, the different industries, I'm from the healthcare industry, um, digging in just about at the knee depth um, within the creator's economy, but already just seeing such a difference in the energy in the creative space with respect to software and technology development, even in AI. Like I was talking about chat GPT and how much of a game changer it is with respect um, to how content creators work and how brands are disseminating and receiving the information that they need to better understand their customers. So what does that mean for equity and participation? Well, I mean, think about access to those tools. Is there a disparity um, in access to the tools that are necessary to create the type of content that brands want to see? Is that the issue? I actually don't think that that's the largest problem in terms of what's really driving such um, a gap in um, access to this $100 billion industry. What I think it is, is representation at the highest levels of leadership um, at big box brands, um, in the C-suite. I mean, I know we're really just starting to see this role called the chief marketing officer um, at different brands. Um, Whaler just announced the hiring of a new chief marketing officer who happens to be um, a black woman. Um, but that's not the norm. And so the decision makers um, at brands sitting in, in leadership positions, how are, are they making the decision about what the company culture, what the brand's culture will be around DE&I? And we know right now, DE&I is like a dirty word because of all of the pressure. Like, let's just call it what it is. 2020, huge groundswell. There really um, wasn't an area that black and brown people couldn't play in if we wanted to because everyone was out re uh, reaching out and had outreach programs to minority communities after um, the unfortunate murder of George, George Floyd. What we have seen um, since then is a huge walk back a huge walk back from the steps that we um, had made 2020, 2021. I'd say 2022, mid-2022 to now, um, the efforts around DE&I internal to companies um, has slid backwards. And I think that the creator's economy is no different from that, in that, um, where there were brands who were seeking creators of color to represent their brands in 2020 and 2021, that's just not the case today. And that's fine because I don't like to just talk about problems. I like to talk about solutions, legal solutions. <clears throat> so what are some 
legal solutions to battling this disparity. Let me make a correction. I said 35% of the digital economy is made up of black and brown creators. That's that's not actually true. What I meant to say was 35% um, black and brown creators are, are earning 35% less revenue compared to their white counterparts. So let me say that correctly. And I actually think that's more important than the way I said it the first time. Because we want to, to get where the money resides, right? And there is a dramatic dip in the amount of money that brands are willing to pay creators um, of color. That's a fact. That's the data. And that stat comes from a McKinsey study. So I'm not just spouting off here. That is what the data is telling us. African-Americans are underrepresented amongst top creators. Not getting the same looks, not getting the same deals. What do we do about it? Before we move forward to solutions, Nielsen's report says that African-Americans consume more digital content. So re-consuming, it's not new, Wait, right? We understand that that happens in other areas too. That historically, minorities, specifically black and brown people, tend to drive culture, tend to drive trends, um, tend to be trendsetters. So it's not surprising that Nielsen's report shows that black and brown um, people consume digital content on a much larger scale than any other demographic, but benefit from the economy that that consumption creates at a much, 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 much lower rate. That, that's, yeah, not surprising. Not surprising. But what do we do about it? What do we do about it? The first thing is knowing how to own your content. Being an owner of your content, being smart about if you are a content creator of color, if you want to support a content creator of color, if you are a brand and you're hearing this and you want to know, wow, how can I make sure that our brand is being equitable in how we are seeking brand partnerships with content creators how we are reviewing um, accounts and determining who is qualified to come into an affiliate. How can, how can we be better? The first thing is understanding what the gaps are, which we just talked about. The second thing is not um, further exasperating the gaps and the disparities. Um, by not allowing content creators to maintain ownership of their content. And so licensing, I always encourage my clients to focusing on licensing the usage of your content, especially if it really matters to the future of your personal brand. What do I mean by that? 
Well, there's a few ways that brands can partner with you um, through affiliate programs, through brand deals. Um, but almost every contract that I see uh, between a content creator, especially of color, and a brand um, is asking for exclusive rights to own and to use content into perpetuity. And that just means that it's theirs. They can do with it what they want forever. Amen. You made it. It's your face, your likeness, your image, your voice. But when you hand it over, it becomes theirs. Um, and so I say you just want to be more deliberate about the decisions that you make, the ownership decisions you make. Is this something that you are willing to give ownership rights over to a brand? Or is there more value in retaining ownership of the intellectual property, licensing the use of that content for a specified period of time, right? Having very clear parameters around what the terms of use will be, what the time what the, the time period will be that the brand can use your content as a sponsored ad, whatever it may be, but the terms of the contract need to be very clear. If it is content that you can repurpose, if it is con content that is um, important for your personal brand. Um, also, I say this all the time, I don't know that a lot of you are listening Right. Don't leave money on the tables. I don't know that a lot of you are listening to this, but even if you are a part time content creator and you have a full time job and this is something you're doing on the side, it is still a business. And it is really important for you to consider organizing your side hustle as a formal business, whatever that might be an LLC, an S Corp you know, talk to an attorney, an accountant about which structure is going to be most beneficial to you based on what your short and long-term goals are. But whichever structure you choose, it behooves you to organize as a business, file and register your trademarks, um, file copyrights, um, I'm just going to debunk something right here real quick as it re relates to trademarks, because I hear people saying this a lot and it's really not true. And that's that even if you don't register a copyright with the copyright office, that it's fine because you have a common law copyright. It's kind of true, kind of not true. The reality is that um, there probably will be some common law protections if nothing else, it likely, you know, all things considered would be covered under the Copyright Act. Um, but you cannot enforce a copyright that is not registered. Um, that's fairly new um, with respect to the timing that that registration has to happen. Um, but yeah, you know, pretty much three months from the first the date of first publication you need to to have filed 
um, to have your copyright registered. If you want to sue um, for copyright infringement. So all things aren't created equal. And why that's important is because statutory damages for copyright, and this is not a copyright podcast, but I feel like this is so important to say, um, copyright infringement, um, stat- statutory damages for copyright infri- infringement can be anywhere from $750 per violation to $150,000 per violation. If it's willful, meaning and this happens on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, every social media platform that brands will see something that you post um, with their products or in their stores or their locations, and they'll just download it and repost it as a sponsored ad. Well, that likely is a violation of your copyright. But if you have not registered um, that piece of content specifically with the co- copyright office, your ability to sue and get um, statutory damages for that violation are, um, yeah, you don't you don't really have that avenue at your disposal. So I digress. The point is, own your stuff. Own your stuff. If you want to participate in this digital economy, take the time, take a step over, I won't say back, Organize your business. File and register your trademarks and your copyrights. Now, copyrights, it's a, it's a lot to do, to think, to do for every piece of content. But for those high value pieces of content that you know there's a high propensity for infringement or theft, it takes time to register those. Take the time to register those. If you know something is likely to go viral uh, based on your analytics, maybe you should think about, and it doesn't take a lot, you know, filing a copyright registration isn't hugely, it's not expensive, Um, but do it. It's, you know, we have to be better about doing the work on the front end that puts us in the position that we want to be in later. If we want a bigger bite, of this creator's economy, a $100 billion economy, an ecosystem. That means there are so many different ways that you can get involved and get your piece of this pie, but get better at the business side of it. Contract negotiations. If you want to participate in the creator's economy, get better at negotiating contracts. Now, listen, I know when you get your first brand deal, You are so super excited that you got your first brand deal and you are likely to sign anything. Don't make it a habit because you are likely, um, this is just a general rule of contract negotiation. The first offer, it's never the best offer. Never, 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 never. And any desperate party at the negotiation table at the negotiating table has already lost because you're desperate. And it's like blood in the water to a shark. A good negotiator, which will be the person who passed the contract across the table to you, is going to take advantage of that. So take the time to read the agreement, 
and understand what the offer is and know that it is completely normal to push back on terms that don't benefit you. And here's the catch. If a brand is willing to walk away from you because you push back on a term like indemnity, because they are not willing to indemnify you from third-party liability, meaning that if you produce content for them and maybe it's about a product and somebody gets hurt using that product after watching your video, they can't sue you. They have to sue the brand. The brand's saying, no, I'm not going to let you out of that. I want you to stay in the lawsuit. Well, why would you ever sign that? Why would you agree to that? You didn't produce that product. You're not responsible for how that product functions. You're not responsible for how that product malfunctions. But just because you want to make a couple hundred dollars or a couple thousand dollars, um, you'd sign a contract with an indemnity provision that works against you like that? No, that's desperation. So get better at contract negotiation. And three, if you haven't already, read the terms of service, the privacy policy, and the copyright policy for the social media platforms that you play on. Please do. Read TikTok's copyright policy. Read it. Read Instagrams, read YouTubes, read Facebooks, read, read them all. <clears throat> and third, fourth, I think that might be four. Um, if you don't understand it, find a social media lawyer. I know that's a new term, um, practice area. Maybe you haven't heard it before, but we do exist. Um, maybe it's an entertainment lawyer. I don't know. Find someone near you that you can talk to, to review the agreements to explain the things that you don't understand. These are small investments that will save you so much in the long run and position you um, in a better way to participate in the digital economy. Again, $100 billion, why don't you have a piece of it? Why? Self-education on legal rights and responsibilities to safeguard your creative works and best interests. These are my tips. Building your strong personal brand um, this whole thing about deniching, I think, is so important to creators, um, minority creators. Deniching. I don't know that black and brown creators who are only getting 35% of the creator economy revenue can afford to be so tunnel focused on one niche. We have to diversify. I think that brands, if you are at a brand, you want to know how you can help um, close the gap. Be comfortable with the fact that minority content creators have to diversify. So if you're looking at a profile, if you're looking at a UGC content creators portfolio and it's not niche, if it is diversified, Understand that that person may be choosing to do that to get more visibility and more of an opportunity to participate in the digital economy. It doesn't mean they're scattered. It doesn't mean that they're unfocused. 
it means that they're demonstrating that they can do more than one thing. Because doing one thing has never worked for some of us. All right. Well, that is legalese on me, and it is truly on me because I am actually a Black woman content creator who will take a bigger bite out of this digital creator economy. And I hope you will too, either as a content creator, as an ally to minority content creators. But remember that if you want to know your rights and responsibilities, come here. Legally's on me. We got everything you need to make the complicated legal things simple and easy to understand. Talking all things legally, legally's on me, entrepreneurs and